Before we get started with this week's episode, I just wanted to put a quick note here in the beginning. This week's episode is about a couple stories in which some people that are close to me fall down and get back up. I had this episode ready to go about a week ago. It was set to release Monday morning, and all I had to do was hit publish. But then something happened this past weekend. Something unexpected, but sadly on theme. Without going into too much detail, my dad slipped and took a really hard fall on some ice this weekend. He actually fractured his femur, which I hear is one of the most painful injuries you can have in your body. This episode was entirely unrelated to this event, but it was too much of a coincidence to not mention it. What had been a cute, thematic little episode full of fun stories suddenly feels a lot more real. My dad is starting a long journey of recovery now. He's one of the most resilient individuals that I know. He's always looking on the bright side. It takes a lot to bring him down, and even then, his ability to maintain hope above the chaos is inspiring. In light of that, this episode is dedicated to him, to his recovery and healing. Welcome to Trusted Words. This is a podcast that tells authentic stories from real life situations. I'm Ethan, and I create this podcast with some help from my wife Molly. What up, y'all? My daughter Harper. I like me. And my son Danny. Big time plays make big time plays. We also have a dog, Samson, who rips apart diapers when we leave the house. Now he's not allowed anywhere near the diapers. In this episode of Trusted Words, we talk about falling down. As a child, when you're first learning how to walk, you first have to do a lot of falling down. It's in our failure that we learn to pick ourselves back up again and get on our feet. These stories in this episode don't have quite that level of moral gravitas, but I think they're worth listening to nonetheless. Stick around and see what I mean. First, we hear from my son, Danny. All right, so Danny, you just told me about something that happened at school today. I wanted to ask you about it. Can you describe what happened? So, I walked in the front door. As soon as I walked in the front door, um... I slipped, and everybody, everybody who saw me started laughing at me, and I was just super embarrassed. And I had to walk the rest of the day with soaked khakis. Wait, so why did you slip? Because the inside was wet inside. It was wet inside. Why was it wet inside? Because of the snow. So how many people laughed at you? At least over a dozen. A dozen people. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never gonna keep me down. So what were you feeling when that happened? Embarrassed. Can you describe the thoughts that were running through your head? Oh, my gosh. I did not just do that. Oh, Daddy boy, Daddy boy, Daddy. 
What did you learn from this experience? That anybody can get laughed at just for doing one silly thing. So, if you're at school and you see someone else slip on the floor, what do you think that you'll do next time? I'm gonna go like, hey, you need you need help up? And you're making a gesture with your hand. You're like motioning to, to help someone up. Yep. And uh, what's, what's gonna happen after that? I'll expect them to say thank you, but if they don't, that's fine. You pay it forward. For our next story, my friend Josh talks about his first experience skiing. He went on a trip with my other good friend, Nate. So Nate and I were going on a skiing trip, and Nate had been skiing a little bit before. Was actually, he's a, I don't know if he still is, but he was a pretty good skier. Like, he could do the black diamond type courses, the, the advanced ones. I'd never been skiing before ever. <clears throat> um, so we get there. I do the bunny hill like one time and then Nate bites is like, okay, great. Let's go do something else. And I'm just like, sure. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Thinking this is enough experience. Um, so he leads me to one, uh, particular hill. We start going down it. And I just remember we get to a point where we both see this just has a, like a sheer drop off and we're trying to cut the brakes and, you know, turn and not, go sliding off. So we both slide over to manage to make it to like the edge of the hill, just hanging on to this tiny, tiny little tree. And uh, I think he managed to make it further. I slid further down the hill before I grabbed it. So anyway, I'm like uh, 10 feet from this drop off freaking out. And he's a little further off. So he's like 20 feet. And I just remember clinging to the trees and working our way slowly from tree to tree, making our way back up to the top of that hill. And then he was like, okay, let's not do that. Let's go find an easier one. Yeah, good good thinking, because this is way beyond my skill level, um, considering the only thing I have under my belt is a bunny hill. Um, <clears throat> so we find some other one, and I'm not paying attention to anything, and I don't know what the colors and shapes mean. There's like green and blue and black, and they're – I don't – Really, I think Black Diamond is the only thing I know is the hard one. But at any rate, he takes us to some other course, and we start going. And at first, it's just kind of a gradual decline. I'm like, oh, this is pretty easy. And he gets going off pretty fast, and so he just takes off. And there's this sharp turn at one point, and we come to the turn, and he makes a turn like a champ and keeps going. Turning wasn't something I'd exactly figured out. <laughs> so it comes to this turn i do not turn instead i hit a little bit of a bump and go airborne because this is a turn that if you don't take it you're you're leaving the course (laughs) so i go airborne and they you know those fences with the like orange mesh the uh, the safety fences i don't know if you know what i'm talking about sometimes you'll see them at like construction sites I do know what Josh is talking about here, and this may jog your memory in the same way it did mine. 
If you've listened to season one of Trusted Words, my brother Brian told a similar story in which he was sledding and accidentally hit a metal pole that was stuck in the ground connected to a similar mesh wall. If you haven't listened to this episode yet, here he is talking about this in episode three of season one. And so as I'm doing that, I'm looking at his sled and I propel myself forward and I look up and there's one of those big stakes in the ground with the prong, I had gone all the way to the edge. And so I look up and my face slams into this metal stake in the ground. So I got serious deja vu between these two stories when Josh started sharing about what happened to him. This brings us back to the moment when I described that yes, I was familiar with what he was talking about in regards to a makeshift border. So he like slammed into one of those. So yeah, um, I do know what you're talking about there. Well, I slammed into this as well, except thankfully, these were not metal stakes, but wooden stakes, which I was able to okay. tell quite clearly because I shattered four of them. <laughs> I oh, got caught wow. up in the, in the fence and started like somersaulting along the fence and on the oh, way no. just smashed all these poles. And so I was just in this tangled up mess. And uh, <laughs> so I managed to untangle myself and put their fence back together for them as much as I could because there were splintered pieces of wood everywhere. Um, like the paramedics skied down the hill. Like, oh, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just trying to make sure your fence is okay. And then <laughs> you're I, mo- wor- you're more very, worried about the fence than you are about yourself. I mean, I think I was, you know, I felt okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just... I was dazed for a second. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I slowed. I, then I just cautiously slid down the rest of the the hill, and that was the final act of skiing I did for that trip. Wow. <laughs> I think in part because on the landing, it tweaked my knee kind of funny, and it and it hurt the rest of the time. But um, yeah, my one and only foray into skiing was pretty. Really? Fantastic. So you've never skied since then? No. And if I ever do go skiing again, it will not be with Nate. Because as I recall, (laughs) he told me this later, after this incident, he told me that he went skiing with another friend one time and also brought that friend down a black diamond uh, hill. And Nate made it fine. And the other friend broke his collarbone. (laughs) Oh, wow. Nate is like the worst skiing guide. If you are new... Don't have him take you. Oh, man. That's the takeaway from this. Yeah. You will break something. (laughs) Do you think you'll ever go skiing again? You're not, like, completely scarred from this that you would never try it, are you? No, no, I would try it. It was actually really fun. I just was – I think I'm pretty terrible at it. Okay. don't have a very good sense of balance and not particularly coordinated, so – a lot of my skiing just looked like someone trying to regain their balance perpetually. (laughs) It's tricky. If you've never like, if you've never grown up doing that type of thing, then it's hard to get used to it. But I feel like, you know, probably with Nate, he had so many opportunities growing up to do that, that he just kind of learned. I think Nate, Nate did go on skiing trips every year. So I'm sure he got good at it. It's it's tricky in central Illinois because everything is flat. So there's not really much of an opportunity for skiing in the nearby proximity. 
I couldn't have Josh share his story on the podcast without giving Nate a chance to also share about it. Here's Nate defending himself and the decisions that led up to both of them skiing down this particular hill. Josh told me he talked about um, the skiing accident when he went on a skiing trip with you. Of course he did. (laughs) And he really made you look bad, honestly, in his interview. So I, this is a chance for you to kind of set the record straight, maybe redeem yourself. And maybe you're not the bad guy that he's making you out to be because he's claiming in this that he's basically broadcasting to anyone that, if you go skiing with Nate Schmidt, you will break a bone. Like, it's a guaranteed thing. And I guess this has happened not only with Josh, but someone else as well um, who broke a collarbone or something like yes. that. So maybe you can fill yes, us in on what exactly happened and just uh, give your side of the story. Oh, no. Okay. So my only motivation this whole, like, the whole time, all I wanted was for Josh to have a good time skiing. That Mm -hmm. was, that was, and that needs to be out there right from the get-go that I did not have this, like, this, well, because, like, nobody out there in internet land, like, knows knows us, right? And and so I, I wasn't like one of those, okay, well, there were definitely times when I would, like, do stuff to, to punk Josh too, to, to like yeah. Rick Fulham or something. Um, I actually remember one time we hacked into your email account because oh my we knew gosh. the answer to all your security questions. Yep, I do remember <laughs> that. The kind of friends we were. And then we sent a love letter to the only girl in your contact, which turned out to be your cousin. Uh, <laughs> I do remember that and I got the weirdest reply out. she was like so confused like what I, I'm pretty sure you did not write this but I just want to make sure <laughs> that was, we thought we were so funny it was really it I we just thought to ourselves I bet we could probably hack Ethan's email address like it, it wasn't there was no other context there was nothing like you hadn't done anything to us we just looked at each other one day in Josh's basement, and we're like, you know what we could probably do? Hack Ethan's email. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that kind of stuff did happen, but this was not one of those things. Like, I was not, like, gambling with Josh's life or yeah. or physical ability here, like, as some kind of joke. Like, I, yeah. was, I was thinking... Josh hasn't really done a lot of skiing before, and I want for him to have a really good time. Mm-hmm. And so we'd been, we'd kind of gone up and down, and there weren't a whole bunch of other people on this trip that I knew real well. And um, I get kind of nervous uh, when, I, when I'm when i in a big group of people and I, and I don't know everybody, and I kind of tend to stick with, like, if there is somebody I know, I kind of tend to like stick with them, especially Josh. He and I just have this really, really good dynamic of like, he was really good at breaking the ice Mm -hmm. in, in social situations. And I really like to listen to people and get to know them like over a longer period of time. And so it's sort of, um, he, 
he and I would spend a lot of time together, as especially if we were in a situation where both of us didn't know everybody right. else. And so I was, I mean, some things you can just kind of pick up and do, and I don't have a whole lot of those, but I was just kind of not too bad at skiing. Like, yeah. not great, not wonderful. I was just, like, above average enough to be able to pretty effectively steer. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that was, and and I didn't and I didn't use poles because I thought poles got in the way, and so yeah. um, I was able to kind of maneuver myself around without poles, um, I, and on flat surfaces and stuff. And people either thought that was stupid or thought that was cool. So you know, <laughs> take that as you want. But yeah. so so yeah. Anyway, I so I went down now. I need to say, Josh and I have actually revisited this story in recent history, and he debated with me whether it was, in fact, a black diamond or a blue square. Okay. Um, I believe it was a black diamond hill. Okay. But that, my because my rationale was, and I remember now, Josh, you haven't been skiing that many times. Black diamonds sound really scary, but this one is not too bad. Uh-huh. And there's just this one turn at the bottom that mm-hmm. you have to do. There's one turn at the bottom. The rest of it is just, it's like, because there was a separate hill in the middle. So it's like steep hill, and then another steep hill. And then you just have to turn to the bottom. It's now, super fun. is Black Diamond the hardest? I'm not, I've never been no. skiing. So, there, there's a, you know. so, so there's there's the bunny hill. Then there's uh-huh. a green, the green circle, the blue square. There's a Black Diamond. And then there's a double Black Diamond, which will either have jumps or moguls or just really steep slopes or some other tricky uh, thing okay. um, about it. So, so there is a double black diamond. Okay. So I'm not that, – yeah, that's the other thing is I'm not hauling Josh off on purpose, like, into this undoable, mm-hmm. like, thing. Yeah. I'm thinking, all right – you just turn it, you go down the two, there's there's hill one, hill two, and then there's a curve. And mm-hmm. I really had fun the first couple of times I went down it, and I thought, man, this is great. Josh hasn't been skiing very much. I'll take him with me down this. And so I go, Josh, this isn't that bad. It says it's a black diamond, but it's not really that hard. You should come and do this with me. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like, mm, uh, I don't know. Those are kind of the harder ones, and I think he hadn't even gone down a blue one yet. Like, okay. I think he'd only done the greens, but we were together, and I was getting kind of bored of the, of yeah. the greens, and yeah. so and and or tired of going down one separate from him, and then having to look for him when we got back to the bottom. Yeah. Um, so I basically just convinced him to to do this black diamond mm-hmm. with me. Um, yeah. And yeah, I remember. He went down first, and I don't know why that was. No, I'm sorry. He didn't go down first because I didn't see him fall. I thought I'm going to go 
so that Josh can kind of see how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going down the first hill, and I'm kind of slaloming back and forth so that mm-hmm. I don't gain so much momentum that I lose my, you know, lose control. And Josh mm-hmm. just, shum, like, just <laughs> flies. Like, oh. not, not going left or right at all, just flies past me as I'm slowing back. And I think, oh, no. Uh-oh. That was kind of my moment when I thought I have maybe done a bad thing. Like a very bad thing. And then I got to the bottom of the hill and I turned and I took the turn pretty sharp because uh-huh. I knew there was a turn down there. And I had warned him ahead of time that there's a mm-hmm. turn at the bottom. I took the turn pretty sharp and then I sort of glanced back behind me to see where Josh is and all I see are like broken ski poles. Oh, no. And there was this orange safety, like, it wasn't a fence, but it was, like, plastic netting that was set up at the bottom of it, basically to just indicate to you that you are supposed to turn. Right. Um, And, yeah, Josh had apparently not had to do a whole lot of turning on the Uh green ones that we had been down, and I had maybe overestimated his ability to turn, Sure. And when I told him there was a turn at the bottom, I don't know what he was expecting, but it clearly <laughs> was was something a little bit less dramatic than what was actually awaiting him. Yeah. So he just he just, he had nothing. There was right. he just flew, yeah. and yeah, just shot straight over the side through the fence uh, and into the grass. And he claims to this day that his knee uh, still gives him trouble because of that. Um, that accident, which, you know, is he will, you know, will be 85 years old and not be able to remember who each other are, but that knee's still going to hurt, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I've made a meaningful, indelible mark on his life. Yeah, this is true. That that'll last yeah. forever. I asked him if he was scarred for life from this and if he would ever try skiing again. And he didn't seem too shaken up. He seemed like, "No, yeah, I would definitely go skiing yeah. again." But he did say, yeah. "Probably not, probably not with Nate." Um, <laughs> because no, he didn't say that. But he did say maybe you that. had a reputation because um, of this incident, yeah. and no, I just, I just wanted everybody to have a good time. I thought, no. man, this, yeah, I'm having so sense. much fun. I bet all my friends will love this just as much as I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that just didn't, didn't happen that way. Because we can't all be as coordinated out. as as Nate Schmidt on the ski no. slopes here. <laughs> no, because I'm not even that good at very many things. But on that, I just thought, that, well, because that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, like, I'm not athletic. Yeah. I'm not unusually strong or agile. I'm not super good at this kind of stuff. So surely, like Josh, who waited 10 years to tell me that the coach used to make him stand closer to me, like in the outfield when we were in Little League together. Like he waited a decade to tell me that. So I thought surely Josh will be better at this than me. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, it was all idealism. There was no hate, no hate. 
And here we are again, Basketball Facts with Danny, the part of our podcast where Danny shares an interesting basketball fact. So here he is. Did you know Isaiah Thomas at five, eight, five, seven, six, uh, can dunk? Really? Yes. On a 10-foot hoop. On a 10-foot hoop, he's around 5'6", five, 5'7", five, he can dunk. Yes. I think I need to see a video of this to believe it. Wait, so 5'7", he must be one of the shortest players in the NBA. One of them. The shortest ever is Muggsy Bogue, standing at 5'3". That's incredible that someone that short can still compete with all the people that are like over 6 foot. Yeah, yeah. Was he a lot faster than the taller players? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really know that much about him. All I know is that he's the shortest basketball player that's ever played. Yeah. Okay. That I know of. Okay, so what's this first player's name that you mentioned? Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Let's see a video of him. All right, so we're going to watch a video of Isaiah Thomas, who's 5'6", dunking at the All-Star game. Oh, wow. And, and he scored the three! He made a three right after it. That's pretty incredible. Wait, yeah. So the All-Star game is where they're just like all the best players in the NBA are putting yeah. on a show and having a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're kind of competing, but they do a lot of cool moves and stuff. So right, right. It's more for the fans than anyone. Yeah. That's cool. Thanks for sharing that fact with me, Danny. Yep. We all get knocked down once in a while, and we get back up again. Thanks for listening to Trusted Words. If you have a story that you'd like to share for an episode, let me know. We'll be back next week. Yes, yes, we are for Leon.